All right, we are in Sermon 3 of our Building Families uh, sermon series. I hope you're enjoying the multiple voices. We're finishing the sermon next, the series next week, and it's going to be Rob and Octavia are going to team teach that one, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, my sermon today is called Passing It On, and I am going to focus on uh, taking what we have and passing it on to the next generation. Um, I've done youth ministries for, oh, I mean, I'm only 21, so 25 years, that kind of thing. Um, and I have three fab fabulous children who are all adults and so perfect that I have got this down pat, except for the orange hat, but apparently that's cool, so... Um, and I'm not, according to some people. But anyway, uh, we're going to look at some passages today about uh, sharing it to the next generation. So before I start, I'm going to give you a little background to where we're going to start in the Old Testament. Um, we are starting, we're going to read from Deuteronomy. So what's happened is the, um, the God's chosen people have come out of slavery after 400 years, and they were supposed to go into the promised land. And they were supposed to take over and live in the land with milk and honey, which sounds sticky, um, and do wonderful things. But when they sent some spies in, 10 spies said, no way, we can't do it, done. Two of them said, yeah, let's go, we're going into the promised land. But unfortunately, the people listened to the 10, so God made them wander in the desert for 40 years until all the people who were too afraid were dead. And so now this is the new generation. They've got the chance to get it right. Moses is going to instruct them, and then they're going to go in with Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who um, were ready to go in the first place. So this is kind of it. So Moses has gathered them all together. He's given them all the ways that they're supposed to live in the new land so that they can maintain a relationship with God. In Deuteronomy 6, 1, 1 to 9, it says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me, this is Moses, to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your sons and your sons' sons, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, and the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So my first slack question is, who has been someone in your life who has positively impacted your faith, and how did they do that? 
All right, so this is a big commandment that Moses has just given them, and he's giving them this commandment and telling them to keep going, to preach it to their kids and their kids' kids, and if they do this, they'll have a relationship with the Lord, and that challenge is still for us today. It's up to us to take the promises that God has given us, and now we have the fulfillment of those promises in Jesus, but to take those promises and to teach them to our children um, in Deuteronomy 30, 11 to 20, it says, For this commandment that I command you today, it's not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and, good, life and good, or death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land of the Lord that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. Um, God does not making, make teaching the next generation a difficult thing. He provides everything you need to teach them. However, if you're going to teach the younger generation, you need to know what you're teaching them. So it's really important, first of all, for you to know things. So how do we do this? Thankfully, at Promise Church, we provide some opportunities for you to learn about the Lord. One, um, you can go to Bible study on Sunday mornings at 9.45. Ron Dyer, for the next however long until he leaves us for the land of sun and glory, is going to be teaching on the New Testament, it's called New Testament Survey. Now, a couple weeks ago, some very lovely people celebrated my graduation from college by getting me cake, which was lovely and wonderful. And I took a course incredibly similar to this, and I had to pay $800 to take this course. And Ron is literally using the textbook that I used to take the course, and you get it for free or you could like up your tithe by $800, no, anyway. <laughs> Which will go towards the new building, no, it's a whole thing. Anyway, every Sunday morning, and what Ron did actually challenge us this morning, and it was a good thing, was do not feel like this information is above you. Anyone can go to this class. Anyone, regardless of where you are in your faith walk, you can come to this class, and Ron is taking us through all of the books of the New Testament and why they matter and who wrote them and where they're set and those kinds of things, which is a fabulous um, 
idea for a, a fabulous, uh, what's the word, foundation for us to know our Bible. So there's your commercial. See Ron afterwards. He'll catch you up on the six weeks you missed, I'm sure. At the same time, Rob is going through theology with your kids. So you can bring your kids. He's got this really great book. He's going through all the theology. So your kids are going to also learn the things they need to know. That's one way you can learn. Another thing is you can read good books. There's tons of books out there on theology, on the Bible, on all these kinds of things. You can learn these things and on different topics so that you have what you need to discuss them. You can also watch videos. My mom really likes the Bible Project, which are these little videos that give you a background either on like a book of the Bible, so it'll do like a whole thing on Matthew and why it was written. It's like the shorter, uh, more cartoon version of what Ron is teaching you on Sunday mornings. So you can start with the Bible Project and come to Ron. Um, so Bible Projects is a good one. Another tool we have is Version Bible app. Everybody has their phone. We really like our phones here at Promise Church. We like to be on our phones. You can go into Version Bible app, and you can find, I swear to you, a Bible study on anything in Version. And here's something you can do. My friend Pam and I do Bible studies together on Version. So it takes you through the Bible study, and then we write afterwards what God told us, and then we can read what each other have done in the Bible study. And we have to start a new one because we finished the last one that we were doing. So that's another tool you have to get you into the Word and to learn the things that God wants you to teach so you can pass them on to the next generation. The other thing you need to do is once you learn it, you got to do it because teenagers have an incredibly keen sense of justice when it comes to other people. If you say something and you do something different, you lose your ability to speak to them. So make sure you learn it and then you do it. All right, let's see all the brilliant Slack responses. Oh, okay, good. I'm like, nothing showed up here. <laughs> It's good. Um, so, some people. My mom, leading by example. That's exactly what we're talking about. Mentors uh, or spiritual moms. Cell groups leaders. These are amazing people and build into your life. Um, my dad, because he's the pastor. Why didn't you write that, David? Oh. Um, um, my husband's grandmother. Or uh, my dad. These are all things. These are people who have impacted our lives. That's awesome. Um, so you need to talk. Once you've learned them, you need to talk about them with your children. Proverbs 22 two says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. This was one of my key verses when I had kids to train up, the, up a child in the way he goes, and then trusting that God would be, um, that God would keep his promise and that they, would fall, that they would not depart from it. So question two is, what are some topics that you have a hard time talking about? Because here's the thing. Nothing should be off limits. Um, 
you must get comfortable with talking about topics that you are not comfortable talking about, not comfortable with. For me and my kids, there was no taboo topics. I think sometimes as Christians, we feel like there's things we shouldn't talk about or they're too whatever. Um, but with us, there was no taboo topics. We talked about, you know, and we talked about partying. We talked about what their friends were doing. We talked about what they shouldn't be doing that their friends were doing. We talked about some of the struggles. We talked about mental health. We talked about all sorts of different things. There should be no taboo um, topics. We also had faith-based discussions. Because here's the thing. Your kids are going to need to make their faith their faith. It's good for us to train them up. But at some point, your kids have to make their faith their own. And I think it's great for them to do that in high school, when you're still there to help guide them, than once they go off into the world. And so they might have questions like, some of the Bible doesn't make sense to me, or like, why does it say this, or that kind of thing. And that's okay, because God can handle our questions. Somebody said that today. We don't have to be afraid. God can handle their questions. And so there might be uh, different topics from the Bible that they have to, that they want to talk about. And then also the cultural realities that they face. We do not believe the same thing that our culture around us believes. And they're going to have questions about that, and you're going to have to have some answers about that. And if you don't have answers for it, I'm telling you, the school is giving them answers for it. So you need to have those answers. Training, it says train your children. It doesn't say casually mention every once in a while. It doesn't say, you know, maybe you should give them a book or something. It says train your children. And training is hard work. So therefore, you must be intentional. Some things that we did, um, we had family dinners. And uh, from the time Elizabeth was born, Derek worked a little bit later, so we eat dinner late. We eat dinner at 7 o'clock. But we have to come together, and we have family dinners every night. If you can do it, it's such a great time. The one rule we have at our dinner table is no phones at the table. And so when we gather for family dinner, it's a time. The only person that breaks the rule is grandma. So it's a time for us to get together and to talk about our days. Because if you don't make a plan to get together, you can pass each other like so often. And it's funny because uh, in September, David went away. Derek and I got back from dropping him off. And it was like a few weeks before we saw each other again because we didn't have those kids to like keep meeting. And um, so, yeah, family dinners are super important if you can make them happen. And like I said, put your phone away. So in my family, I like to hang out in my room away from everybody else sometimes because they a little bit drive me nuts. Um, but I know, even to this day, my adult children will come and they will like literally climb on my bed with me. I've had like four of them on my bed with me. And that means put away your phone, put down the tablet, they've come to talk to you and they want to have a conversation. And sometimes I don't. I just want to watch Netflix and I want them to leave me alone. But you know what? Those conversations are some of the ones that impact their life the most. So put away your phones. I read one time in a book, if you don't listen to your kids when they're seven, 
Don't expect them to listen to you when they're 17. If you don't have the time for them now, don't expect them to have the time for you later. So as much as it can be frustrating, put your stuff away, because I've had some of the best conversations. I have my one son, my middle kid, the forgotten middle child. He always starts with, so mom. And as soon as the words, so mom, come out of his mouth, it's like, okay, what are we talking about now? Um, listen for those. You'll know with your kids what it is that you need to do, and then that. Um, and then stop and look at them in the eye. So Sam, the forgotten middle child, is a little bit more uh, upbeat, a little bit more, uh, I think, reckless is the word that has been used. And I used to do the whole, like, Sam, do this, Sam, do this, but I'd yell it, like, from over there, whatever. And I learned very quickly that I had to stop and look him in the eyes and be like, Sam, look at my eyes and then talk to him about whatever I was talking about. Because when we focus on our kids, then they'll focus on us, and they'll hear what we're having to say. And then the last one is, leave space in your day. Do not overschedule your day so that you don't have time to talk to them. Because if we are going from morning to night, we're going to miss those opportunities for those great talks, those hey mom moments, or the why is everybody in my bed moments, or the, those kinds of things. So leave space in your day. And also, it's okay to not know the answers. I said study everything, learn everything, make sure you know what you're talking about. But it's also okay to, to not know the answers. I just say, you know what, I don't know that. Let's look it up together. Let me check that out. Um, I, I get questions still from my kids over uh, WhatsApp or whatever, because they're all over the world. And then I'll be, you know what, I don't have an answer for that, let me send you something. And I'll go online, I'll find a video or a book or something like that, and I'll send it to them. So don't be afraid to not know the answer. It's okay, just tell them you'll figure it out. And um, again, if we don't talk to them, they'll find the answer somewhere else. Let's look at Slack again. Some of the topics we don't want to talk about, sex, safety online, sex trafficking, drugs, those are hard topics. Um, talking about healing, talking about, oh, talking about faith. Yeah, those, are, those can all be hard, hard topics for us to discuss. But we have to get comfortable with it. Um, you can't do this alone, though. You need to bring them into the community of believer because there is strength in multiple voices. Okay, how many of you have experienced this? You've told your kids something like a million times, and then another adult says something to them, and they're like, that is so brilliant. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it, you're so smart. And you're like, are you kidding me right now? There's, that's okay though, it's okay to do that because that's what other people are for. Um, you can make sure you are as open as possible and there still might be things your kids don't wanna talk about with you first. So sometimes my kids will process with another person before they come and talk to me about it and that's good. And that's why I want to make sure that I'm in a community of believers and they're in a community of believers so that I trust the people that they're processing with. So I love it 
when David goes out with Rob and talks about all the ways his mom is a pain because Rob's totally got my back. <laughs> and, right? Yeah. He never complains about me. I'm a perfect mother. It's all fine. But it's important to have those other people in their lives that, they can, that can, will speak to them. Um, and another thing is, uh, when you bring them into that community, it actually keeps them in that community because they're in relationships beyond just you. Um, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but when I was a teenager, we had, um, at the church we were going to, we had prayer parents. And so each adult would take someone between the ages of zero and 18 and pray for them. So I had this woman who was my prayer parent, and she would pray for me. And as a teenager, my parents were very dumb. They've gotten smarter since then. But like when I was about 24, they magically became smart. But when I was 18, let me tell you. Um, but she would take me out. We would talk, and I would complain, and she would give me wise counsel and pray for me and whatever, so that when I was ready and I had had my own sort of like figure it out with Jesus, I could go back to the church, and these, she was already there to love me and accept me and be there for me, and so that was really important to me. It wasn't like having to go into somewhere where I didn't know someone. So when you bring them into community and they develop those relationships, I say, um, I don't actually come here to listen to Rob on a Sunday morning. I come here to like hang out my friends. I mean, hearing Rob preach is kind of a bonus, but the real benefit of Sunday morning is community. And um, you know, I was thinking about while we were having worship, it's been kind of a crazy week, but it, like we can come here and we can worship and the things just lift off us. We can come here, and we can meet with our friends, and we can share the burdens with them. And we need that for our kids, too. They need to get in that practice of coming and meeting with other people. You could be one of those voices that I just talked about in somebody else's life. So how do we be in community for the next generation? Joshua 4, 1 to 7 says, When all the nations had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone from his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters and the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to your people of Israel a memorial forever. As a faith community, we need to build a memorial for the next generation of God's faithfulness. Our last question is, whether you have children at promise or not, how can you impact the next generation in this community for God? 
Whether you have kids at Promise Church or not, how can you impact the next generation for God? Like I said, prayer. Uh, as I mentioned, we had a pra- I had a prayer parent. So how about ask the Lord if there is a child in Promise Church that he wants you to pray for for a year or a couple years or a little while so that you can be a support to them. Ask the children, what do you need prayer for? And then tell them that you're praying for them because they very much appreciate that someone loves them enough that they will pray for them. So prayer is an important way that you can impact the next generation. Make friends with other people who have children in the church. Okay, sometimes you might hear me talk about how, like, kids' ministry is not my favorite thing to do. I believe soul-sucking is a word I've used every once in a while. But that's just kids as a group. Individually... When I spend time with kids, I actually really like them. So, like, I really like McKenna, who just crossed in front of us, and her new baby brother, Huck, who's coming. We don't know it's a boy, it's just me. And Aaliyah and Abigail, because as a staff, we make a point of spending time with each other and hanging out with each other, and so now I like these kids. And there's other kids I like. Like, we had um, Shiva and Thomas over, and so now Saren and I are, like, best friends, right? Yes. Spend time with kids. Even if they're not your kids, then you can have an impact on them. Um, pay attention to them. When we're you're before church or after church, Ask them open-ended questions. How's your day going? What's your favorite thing at school? What do you like? Get to know them. Notice them on a Sunday morning, something new about them. I love your hair. Isn't that like, is that a new dress? Is that a great new hat that you got at a thrift store in Sweden? Something like that. Notice something new about them. And then celebrate with them when something exciting happens in their lives. Develop a relationship with them. Teach. There are so many ways you can be involved with the next generation here. You can teach Sunday school. Rob is always looking for new Sunday school teachers. You can become a youth leader. We've just launched our youth group again. We're having a meeting tonight where they're going to try and escape here. You can help with VBS this this summer. We always like that. And again, don't worry if you don't feel like you know anything. We will equip you with all the things you need to know. But also, what's really important is Tell testimonies of how God has been faithful in your life. Because there's nothing more powerful than hearing what God has done in your life. I'm going to go back to Slack. If you want your teens to listen to your opinions, get someone else to say it. Be an open, safe place for the friends of your kids' children, of your, for the friends of your children. Absolutely. Our house was the hangout house. 
funny story. I come home. No, I'm at home. And um, I hear something downstairs. And I'm supposed to be the only person in my house. And I go downstairs. And one of Elizabeth's friends is making himself a bagel with Nutella. And I'm like, hey, hon, um, Elizabeth isn't here today. She's at whatever. He's like, yeah, I know, but we don't have any Nutella at my house. <laughs> I was like, OK. And that is how you know that you created a safe space for your friend's kids. Your kid's friends. That's the one. Your kid's friends. So be that safe place. And then, of course, volunteering with kids. Really great stuff here. So whether you're a parent, a grandparent, or just a person a little farther along in your faith journey, you have something to contribute to the younger generation. The benefits of community only happen if the community is willing to encourage, teach, and practically love others. Also, you might find that the younger generation can teach you some things too, and you will be blessed. Let me close us in prayer. God, I love that you never intended for us to do this alone, that you always had a plan that we would be a people, that we would be a community that supports one another, that loves one another, that is there for one another in good times and in bad. And so, God, I pray that you would put on each of our hearts who it is that you want us to impact, Lord. I pray that you would give us um, relationships that can go deep, that we will tell testimonies of your faithfulness, that we'll, we will be known as a church that loves our children, that loves our youth, and that loves each other, and that makes time and space for that. Go with us this week in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.